building entirely crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I, I really need to leave. So the fences inform me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I, I see some people running now. In the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. very special, nay, monumental episode of the Fire and Water Podcast, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Folks, we're here to talk about something that none of us thought would ever happen. And I'm one of your hosts, Theory Shang. Along with me, as always, is my co-host, the founder of the Aquaman Shrine, Rob Kelly, and special guests, we brought along our friends, Chris and Cindy Franklin. Folks, we're here to talk about as unbelievably as it may seem, we're here to talk about the actual theatrical release of Aquaman the movie. Can you believe Yay! we are here? <laughs> Unbelievable. The, the movie, has, uh, for you at home, has just come out uh, within the last couple days, if you're listening to this on the day release. All of us are super VIP important, so we all saw it last weekend, because that's how the movie <laughs> are. And we all have Amazon Prime memberships. But anyway, that's time for it. <laughs> So, Rob, I, really, I just feel like I should hand the mic to you and let you go for like an hour, and then maybe we get to comment. It's really because you, you've earned this, my friend. You have carried this torch for since 2006. Is that right? Uh, well, yeah, the shrine. Yeah, I feel like it's. I've been carrying this torch in my life since like 1973 or whatever. But, <laughs> um, before we get into it, just so everybody's listening, I mean, this movie has, again, for, for most people, has only been out for two days. So if you're listening to this, what we're going to do is we are going to do a very brief intro section uh, where we're not going to get into any spoilers. We're just going to give a very brief overview of what we thought of the movie. With, and so if you haven't seen the movie yet, you can listen to this section perfectly uh, worry-free that we're going to spoil anything. And then we are going to play a clip from the movie, and then you'll know that everything after that will be spoiler-heavy. So if you haven't seen the movie yet and you don't want it ruined for yourself, just listen to the first section and then come back and then listen to the rest of the show. It's that. So there you go. Just so don't worry about it. It's like, okay. those, it's like the books and records when you're a kid. It's like when you hear the beep instead, it's going to – when you hear the going deep, you know that we've yeah, exactly. on. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Maybe be like a power record. I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> you know what? Well, let's, let's defer to our guests. Let's defer to, 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 to uh, Chris and Cindy. Like what, what, you, what was your guys' impression? What, did your, what do you guys think of Aquaman the movie? I was really, I was really, really impressed with it. It was one of those things that I didn't go in 
I made myself, I'm like, okay, this is not my super friends Aquaman. This is a brand, I looked at it as it's brand new variation, new format. I went into it as, with, with open eyes and I was really pleasantly surprised. So I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. I, I really, I really enjoyed it, but I was, I was pleasantly surprised by how much of the comic book lore is in this movie. I mean, uh, divorced from the fact that we had a slightly different take than traditional Aquaman, which mm-hmm. we were already used to thanks to two other movies, uh, I was really super impressed with just how much of a Aquaman comic book movie this is, and I was really, really, really excited by it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And I loved watching him because I knew when there would be different parts that we'll talk about later and he you know you could just see his face light up and you could see him revert oh, me? to it. yeah, oh, you, yeah. See your, you revert to an eight-year-old and i was like oh gosh <laughs> yeah there's one scene in particular where i grin like an idiot for like five minutes afterwards you punched me in the arm <laughs> that's payback oh that's that's yeah that's only fair <laughs> That's any day that ends in a Y. <laughs> yeah. What did the uh, you brought? Did both the kids see it? Oh, of course. Yeah, they both really enjoyed it, and uh, Andrew was like, you know, he was, you know, typical, much like Momoa. He was like, that was badass, you know. <laughs> 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 and he thought it was way better than he expected it to be as well. So he was he was really pumped for it, and we all all want to go see it again. So. There you go. There you go. Yeah, can't ask for that. Ch- Chag, what did you think? Oh, absolutely loved it. Was over the moon with the film. I, I you know, it, I went in knowing one of two things was going to happen. I knew I was either going to just love it, or I was going to go uber nerd and hate every minute of it. And I was afraid one of those two was, would be the outcome, or I was afraid the second one would be the outcome. Turns out that no, I just I ate every minute of it up. I certainly got some, you know, nerd nitpicks. Everyone does, but in general, I thought it was a great movie. Now I'm, I'm so. What I feel is close to the source material. You know, I've been a fan since 86 that it's hard for me to be fair. So I went with a buddy of mine who's just a casual Aquaman fan. He's more of a comic book superhero fan. And I asked him, and he said he thought it was a very good movie. Um, you know, I, we, we're trying to put it on par with other, like, Marvel movies and stuff like that. And he rated it very highly. You know, the one that I keep seeing reviews compared to is Thor. I guess because both the movies, it's a big, beefy guy who doesn't wear a shirt. Maybe that's why. I don't know. But uh, – and, and – Seem most some, most people seem to think is better than Thor, which is great. Says a lot, and I I enjoyed it very much. And I, I I can't say much more without getting into spoiler material. Yeah, it's hard to really get get too specific. I mean, my takeaway from this uh, the night we saw it uh, was, and this was the, I used this line on Facebook and on Twitter, and it seemed to get a little bit of uh, on Twitter some social media traction. Uh, in that, I said this is a hundred hundred and ten percent an Aquaman movie. Mm-hmm. I saw that and quote on a I, poster. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Zoom, <laughs> yeah. thank you, Zoom Yuganori. Um, what I what I mean by that is, and this is Chris talked about this just a moment ago. This thing is unabashedly an Aquaman movie. James Wan just said we are going to take every goofy thing that is inherent in this setup, and we are going to do it full on. We are not going to pause for one moment and try and explain things to people. We are going to have multiple kingdoms of Atlantis. We are going to have fish people. We're going to have a guy riding a seahorse with armor on it. We're going to have sharks practically with freaking lasers on their heads. <laughs> we are we are going to have interdimensional travel. We are going to, we're going to have somebody that can control water and pull water out of somebody. We and we're not going to we're going to have a guy 
put a giant hel- dome helmet on his head, basically just because it looks kind of cool. Um, <laughs> we're going to have a guy call himself Ocean Master for no good reason, other than that's the name of the character in the comics. I was really impressed by how much this movie chose to embrace the goofiness. And I don't mean that, of course, in a derogatory way, but you, I don't think you can possibly fairly look at most superhero comics and not say, look, when you have actual actors wearing these suits, saying these lines, it's goofy. It just is. And you can either try and, uh, you know, grit it up and make it serious as some other filmmakers have done. <clears throat> uh, and to me, that is like, that to me is like, you're apologizing for the material. You're see, you're kind of like, elbowing the audience going yeah we know this is kind of lame so let's make it like let's pretend this is really for adults no james wan just said no 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 we're going to be goofy and the number one to me uh callback of of comic book movies to me that aquaman refers to is not so much superman the movie although i think there's parts of that here it's flash gordon it's the 1980 mm. flash gordon now mm. it's not as it's not as silly as that watch it but it, it well, come on. That movie was co-written by the guy that wrote the Batman TV series. It's intentionally it, silly, yeah. I, yeah, it was silly intentionally is not a word. I would say fun. But anyway, go ahead. It's silly. Stop it. It's <sighs> silly. Uh, but it's intentionally so. But this movie skates that edge. It's right up to that point where it is just simply saying, this is a completely goofy fantasy world, and you're going to s- submit to it or you're not on board. But if you're on board, you're going to have a lot of fun. And I had a lot of fun at this movie. And again, there, there, it is hard to get in. We keep, we're not going to get into the specifics. But there was, a, there was two different points in this movie where I thought it was heading a certain direction, and then it didn't. One in a very small way and one in a very big way. And both times it surprised me. And I went, wow, I can be surprised by these movies. Because, I mean, how many comic book movies have we, superhero movies have we seen now? Right. A couple of dozen? I mean, they're their own genre at this point. And I thought, well, I kind of know where it's going. And then I went, oh, I don't. I don't know where it's going. This is terrific. <laughs> this is just awesome. So I walked out of that movie very, very satisfied. Much more satisfied than I and thought I would uh, thought I would be yeah, so I, t- I, I walked away really happy I totally expected you to be a curmudgeon about this thing um, and, and I'm not saying that I'm saying that in a loving way just having worked with you all these years I figured you'd be like well it's not what I wanted but uh, so I'm thrilled to hear the opposite I think everyone on Facebook was kind of waiting with bated breath to see how you would yes, react yeah, yeah I know yes. so, but I, I want to touch on what you just said about the fun and, and the zaniness really they took a, a Marvel approach to this because when you look at a lot of the Marvel movies they they just run with the ridiculous concepts. You know, a talking raccoon, sure, let's do it. A talking tree, okay, no problem. Here, like you said, talk to fish, let's do it. They just they took all of it and embraced it, and, and that's kind of the Marvel model, and it works. Uh, I did think of one other non-spoiler thing I wanted to say. I love the movie, but the best character for me in the entire film, the person who stole the whole, whole show, who I'm ready for a sequel all about, was Mara. She was phenomenal. You know, it's funny. I would actually suggest that this movie is really not so much Aquaman as it is the world of Aquaman <laughs> because it is mm-hmm. so many concepts. I mean, it's Ocean Master. It's Black Mana. It's Mira. It's Volko. It's King Nearest. It's the Seven Kingdoms. It's Tom Curry. It's La- it's Atlanta. I mean, it, this is every Aquaman character except for Aqualad and Aquagirl uh, thrown into a two-and-a-half-hour movie. And so, if anything... If they did a sequel, I would almost love to see a more stripped-down 
uh, version. Now, I know sequels don't go that way. They always have to get bigger and bigger. Right. You know, I mean, that's the way. It's, well, look, Indiana Jones is long lost brother. Indiana Jones is this. And, you know, his son. And they don't. They don't make sequels like that. But I almost think that they were a little worried that Jason Momoa couldn't carry a movie by himself. So they front loaded it with so many characters to kind of bring you the whole world. And I actually think they didn't need to worry so much about it. I thought Momoa actually did a pretty good job and they gave his character a nice arc where, I mean, the Aquaman that we see in justice league and the Aquaman at the beginning of this movie is not the Aquaman that we get at the end of this movie. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I, I would prefer a second movie to be a little more streamlined of just Aquaman, Mira, and maybe one or two other characters. I know they're not going to do that, but I, it, it's almost like they, they presented the world and now they can say, okay, well, now we can give you part of the world because you know what world we're living in. But, but yeah, I, I am relieved that I liked it as much as I did because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to have to go on Facebook and Twitter and be like, it was all right. I didn't want to be that guy, but I also was going to be honest about it. But I, I don't know, both Tracy and I walked out of this movie going, that was a lot of fun. That was just a lot of fun. And I want to see it again. I want to see it again, and that Ooh, is a, to that's me good. that is the home. Yeah, that is the hallmark of any good movie is that if, okay, I took it all in, and now I want to see it a second time to sort of notice stuff I didn't notice the first uh-huh. time, uh-huh. because yep. now I've now I know what the the story is, and now I can sort of appreciate it. So, is there anything else we want to get into before we talk to get into spoilers? I just I'll be say honest. One. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Cindy. I just wanted to say I was waiting for Rob's reaction because I'm like, I really, really like this movie, but I can't really <laughs> like it unless Rob likes it too. I was waiting. Well, I, you know, I mean, I, I kind of felt the same way. I mean, if I liked it and you didn't, I mean, that's fine. But I really wanted, I mean, I felt like if it pleased you uh-huh. and not that you're like, like a contrarian about it or anything, but Aquaman means so much to you. That if it pleased you, they made a good Aquaman movie. And they made a good Aquaman movie, you know? So that's the way I felt about it. Yeah, I did. I was just going to add the whole thing about them front-loading with so many characters. I think it's because until it got released and you start seeing people react to it, there was the whole kind of thing like, you know, let's put everything we can in because, let's be honest, what's the likelihood of Aquaman getting a sequel? You know, sure, sure. But, yeah. Now, you know, early numbers, maybe he will. Yeah. It's it's crazy. We live in a world where Aquaman's mom, Atlanta, who used to be an extremely minor character. Admittedly, you know, Nicole Kidman's raised the profile quite a bit. But Atlanta, his mother, is a Burger King Happy Meal toy. (laughs) There are kids in the world playing with Aquaman's mom as a toy. That's insane. That's the world we live in. I can't believe it. She got a, oh, a big upgrade from just, you know, that one panel where she's always sitting along the shore of the lighthouse with uh, holding baby Arthur in her hand, you know, arms. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. It's, it's always either that panel or the deathbed. You know, okay, Arthur, you are the son of Atlantis. Yeah, I, I was remarking to a friend of mine because on, on Saturday, uh, I guess I'll go, by the time everybody hears this, this will be yesterday, but I'm – going to be seeing Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, um, which means that the three mo- the last three movies I have seen in theaters were Superman, 
Aquaman and Spider-Man. <laughs> what? Yeah, see, we're what? gonna go see Spider-Man tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. What what fantasy unicorn land am I living in? That that's a thing. <laughs> I mean, that is just amazing. So, okay, well, I said I think we we're I think we're all pretty much in agreement that we really all like this movie. I think there were some subtle gradations of, of of how much, but I think we're all pretty much basically on the same page of this. So let's stop here. Uh, so we said we're going to play a clip from the movie, and then anybody who's listening, if you haven't seen the movie yet, stop here, go see Aquaman, and then come back. But if you have seen the movie, then you can go on and hear the rest of the, the show as we get into the deep, deep spoilers of Aquaman. We're going deep. It's real. Nothing. Of course it's not working. It's been sitting here collecting dust since before the Sahara was a desert. Before the Sahara was a desert. Let's just say you do your best thinking when you're not thinking at all. All right, now hold still. Hey, what are you doing? We need water. Near the closest source. We are back to discuss the King of the Seven Seas, our beloved silver screen star... Aquaman. And now, spoilerific, folks. We're going to give away all the secrets. I mean, be, let's face it, you probably didn't listen until you saw the movie anyway, so that's okay. So, uh, first thing we, I thought we could talk about would be the characters. Uh, you know, and, and if you want to throw in some of the actor side of that, too. I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll turn it over to y'all first. Chris and Cindy, what did you think of Aquaman? Jason Momoa's Aquaman himself as a character. Uh, I was really, you know, I was impressed with the fact that they actually had him grow as a character, like Rob said, he had an arc, he did the hero's journey, and he changed by the end of the movie. I mean, uh, you know, most, I mean, you could see it, it wasn't, uh, there were subtleties there, and just the way he acted, uh, and the fact that he took this threat seriously, that uh, was coming after him, you know, especially after, you know, the tidal wave nearly killed his father, that was a huge wake-up call to him. Uh, But, uh, just the fact that, you know, the Aquaman at the beginning of the movie left Black Mana and his father to die. And, of course, Black Mana's father did die. And at the end, spared Orm. You know, I mean, that that was a really nice, you know, pin in how the character had changed and evolved since the beginning of the movie. And I was really impressed by that because I fully expected him to just be the badass, kick-ass guy through the, through the whole movie and then the rest of it. We'd have all the nice traditional Aquaman trappings around him. I didn't expect him to become more like the traditional Aquaman at the end other than getting the suit, which we knew he did. And so I was really happy with that. I mean, obviously, he's still going to say, you know, bro things. He's not – I don't want him to completely change because that wouldn't make any sense. But he grew as a character, and I thought that was really cool. No, I mean, I want to. I'm always wanting to talk about Atlanta, and I'm wanting to talk about Mira, and I mean, I'm more okay. into that part. I'm okay. Just, okay. I'll be honest. I think I might be the only woman on the planet. I mean, Jason Momoa's okay, but I'm not in this to ogle him. He's, just, you know, he's okay. Okay. <laughs> You're not I mean, the first one to say that. I've heard, interestingly enough, like they all love Chris Helmsworth, but Jason Momoa, it's like, eh, he's okay. I hear that a lot. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I think people ex- would expect me on here to be like, oh, God, he's got his shirt off. Wah, drool. I'm just <laughs> not. I mean, you've got you've got this guy who is raised by, honestly, for the most part, raised by his 
rough dad because, you know, anybody that is a lighthouse keeper is automatically an introvert, not a people person. He has passed those skills on or lack thereof to his son. He's rough hewn, you know, taught him to drink him, try to drink him under the table, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you can tell he's been raised in that environment. And he's got Mira coming along to try and smooth those edges off a little bit, <laughs> you know. It's going to be one of those things. There's going to be a lot of times that she's going to smack him upside the head like, you dumbass, you said it again. <laughs> you know, and it's just one of those cases. There is that, you know, there's going to be that story arc. And, I, you know, I did appreciate Jason Momoa. It's, you know, he took the character and how it was written and did a good job with it. But, you know, let's talk about Atlanta and Mira. Let's <laughs> talk about Aquaman first. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, 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 and let's all admit it. I mean, and be and face the reality is the part of the reason J, you know you're immune to Jason Momoa is because you've got a guy with the same physique at home right next to you, Chris. So I mean, that's right. Absolutely. So I, I'll, I'll go next. We'll, we'll save Rob for last. Um, I'm going to kick it off with probably like only some of the few negative things I have to say about the movie. Um, he is all right. Let's start off by well, Jason Momoa was a leading man. He controlled the screen. He was in charge of that movie. He led it as an actor, as a presence on the screen. He's got charisma. He's definitely leading man material. Absolutely. He was a version of Aquaman, as we, we did a whole show about just recently about, you know, it's not my version of Aquaman kind of thing. And it's an version of Aquaman we haven't seen outside of the movies. We've never seen this version of the comics, that's for sure. The Aqua Bro. Mm -hmm. And it's not my favorite version of Aquaman. I struggled with it. I, you know, it's, it's interesting. On the surface, he looks like Peter David's Aquaman, but he's not. He's, he's definitely not Peter David's Aquaman. And when you really dive into the story side of it, like for the most part, Arthur was just reacting or following other people's lead. For the most part, through the movie, he got by on his fighting skills, his luck, and his biology. You know, uh, like, you know, where he was able to take the trident and stuff. So the only real two thinking moments or critical moments I felt like in the movie, and Chris, you may have brought up another one when you mentioned him letting Orm live. I didn't think about that. But the first one was when he figured out the bottle and the statue. That was, that was cool. I like that clever moment, the puzzle solving. And then when he's talking to, and I couldn't understand the name of it. I, I, I assumed it would have been Kraken, but it, it wasn't. It was something similar to the Kraken. Mm -hmm. um, he was talking to him and, and why he was worthy of the trident. Now that was a that was a glimmer of Aquaman that I knew and I saw that there. And at the end, he definitely grew. He definitely was more of Aquaman. However, I immediately go to if they do a sequel, he's going to have to go right back to being Aqua Bro to make it engaging and keep the audiences involved. Which I don't really want to see that Aqua Bro anymore. I, again, he was still great, and I, everything else I have to say about the movie, I'm just going to gush and tell you how much I love it. I just wish that he was more like an Aquaman that I love. And that's me being completely selfish because for millions of other people, this is going to be their Aquaman. And that's awesome. I'm glad that they're going to love a version of Aquaman. That's cool. And then one question here with the Trident now, is he the most powerful member of the justice league? Cause it sure seems like he probably is now. <laughs> mm, well, I mean, yeah. And I mean, I think this movie did a hell of a good job of showing just how powerful Aquaman could be, which is something all Aquaman fans have said forever. No matter how they write him, if he could control all the denizens of the deep, how powerful would the guy be? You know, exactly. Let alone right. with his strength and his speed. And, you know, and, and, and they did a good job of showing how tough him and Mira were from just, you know, being able to live at the bottom of the ocean, you know. So, yeah, he's. I, you know, I think him and Diana might give Superman a run for their money. You know, mm -hmm. For his right. money. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rob. 
the world wants to know, how did you feel about the character of Aquaman in this movie? Well, I do want to talk about a couple of things. First of all, you referred to the Kraken as a he, which I thought was funny because the Kraken – do you know who the voice of the Kraken was, that big creature at the end? Uh, no. Julie Andrews. Really? That is Julie yep. Andrews. Yep. Mary Poppins herself uh, was she, the voice of the she Kraken. She doesn't show up for Mary Poppins, but she shows up for Aquaman. That's there you very, go, folks. Very interesting, yeah. Uh, you're right. He might be the most powerful member of the Justice League. We'll never find out because I don't think they're ever going to do another Justice League movie. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't think any of these other characters are ever going to show up in these movies. Um, yeah, I, I agree that uh, that is a slight deficit in that the way the script is written is that this Aquaman is always reacting. He's really not taking charge of the story, but that's the story and that he's being brought into this new world uh, that, that has existed for millennia. And he's, you know, he's there to reclaim the throne, but he's not there to, you know, he's, he's really not driving the story. But that didn't bother me too much as I watched. I was like, OK, it's OK. They're introducing this new guy into the story. I, I can understand people who, based on what they might have seen in the clips from Justice League, are, are like, I don't want to see a whole movie of that guy. You know, yeah, like, I okay, two hours of that. But he's not that. They really dialed that down. In fact, I'm amazed at what James Wan was able – I'm going to keep going on and on about James Wan. But, I mean, much like how Chris and I have talked about our good friend Dick Donner in, yeah. that, in that basically all the good stuff from the original Superman movie comes from a single decision. And that was Richard Donner's decision to get rid of the camp – version that had been handed to him and do it straight that decision was the catalyst for a thousand other great decisions but none of those could have been made had donner not made that original a good one and to me james wan when i think about how how long have we been hearing about this movie two years at least the Probably, minimum yeah. longer than that yeah. almost whatever bvs came out that's 2016 oh right so okay yeah so two years probably more than two years ago james wan had to go to Warner Brothers and say, give me $200 million to make an Aquaman movie. And oh, by the way, it's going to be in tone completely different than what you've been building up to to this point. I don't know how you sell that. I really don't. Because to me, that this to me, this is everything. James Wan looked at the previous movies, saw that in his mind they weren't working and went the other way. And I like the fact that this Aquaman is not that Aquaman from the – I mean I liked him just fine in Justice League. But I like that this is Aquaman – this Aquaman is a little more pensive. I love the scene of him where he calls the whale and goes into its mouth and then just basically takes a nap. Like I love that. <laughs> I that, that is great. And I, w- I, will, I will mention like one of the things uh, – there were two things that surprised me about this movie. And I'm going to be jumping around but I can't help it. But it, it is the the – the, and the small moment, the thing I liked is that the scene in the bar where he's drinking with his dad, right? And those bikers come up mm-hmm. and they're like, are you that Aquaman? And I'm like, oh, man, we're going to get into another fight scene already. We just had a fight scene. And then, of course, uh-huh. it turns into the party scene done <laughs> by the photographs. And I love that he goes from initially surly to being the party guy that he's partying with these guys. And I loved that. I love that moment. That made me laugh out loud for like 15 solid seconds. And I loved, and I kind of relaxed at that point. I was like, okay, the movie has really won me over at this point. And I think I can just sort of enjoy this. And I was able to read on to Jason Momoa. I don't think Jason Momoa gives you a whole lot. I don't think right now there's a whole lot of depth to him as an actor, but that's okay. There wasn't a lot of depth to say Roger Moore, and I love Roger Moore as James Bond. It, it, some not all roles require that, 
but I, I felt that there was, he gave you enough that he was sort of marveling at what was happening in front of him that he brought me along on that journey. And I was, so I was suitably impressed with, with how he tackled the role. And so I was happy with him. Yeah. Is it the Aquaman that I always wanted? The, the, the kind of reserved sort of tactician uh, Aquaman? No. But as we talked about, as you said, in the Many Faces episode, there were so many different Aquaman at this point. There, yeah, there's mine, but this is an as valid an interpretation as any of the others. So I was perfectly happy with his the way he took on the role. All right. So, uh, Franklin's alternative, what character should we talk about next? How's that? Mm. You go, Cindy. I don't know. I can't decide between Tom Curry and Atlanta. Okay. Well, Tom, oh. why we can talk about both. Well, this is true. Together. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, that's one of those cases. I mean, this makes me think of, honestly, Roman Holiday. It, okay. It really does. Oh, yeah. I mean, it makes me think of Roman Holiday, which Rob and I covered on a past episode of uh, Film and Water. Mm-hmm. So um, it's one of those cases. She fell in love with him, but at the same time, after they were attacked, she made that decision to go back, you know, and... He knew that that was what was best for their child, and he let her go. I mean, it was one of those cases. She, and then they got to get back together. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was just like, "This is so sweet." It's a twenty-year pay, you know, twenty, thirty-year payoff, you know. And honestly, when you think about it, as far as timeline, they only had three, maybe four years together, depending on how old Arthur was when she left. You know, right? Yeah. You right. know, and how long they were together, and. It was one of those cases, and she is such a bad ass. I mean, come on. <laughs> and I love that line. You know, it really hit home. They did this, you know, like mother, like son, you know, when they did the trident move. Both of them did it at the same, you know, they both did that trident move. And I thought that was so cool. And then when uh, Aquaman Caesar, when they go back through the trench and everything, and he's Caesar, and he's like, it's my mom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was just like, Oh <laughs> yeah, that was a real. I mean, yeah, they really. That was that was a payoff. Now I'll be honest. As soon as I saw a woman walking towards Mira, I'm like that. I mean, you know, it wasn't a surprise when she un- took off her helmet. I knew as soon as I saw this woman walking towards them, I'm like, oh, you know. Uh, quick question, guys. Was that Scarteris? No, that was uh, Jeff Parker's. Well, I mean, I guess it could have been Scarteris, but Jeff Parker did a story where. They go, they go through these portals, and they end up in another world, which is like a Scartaris, and Aquaman's mother's still alive there. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Which, I, I forgot about that. That scene is yeah. right out of the comics. Oh, that's yeah. That's right. I forgot. The dinosaurs and everything. And Cindy, it's funny. You mentioned that thing where, like, when, when she left and everything, I was sad. She died for the trench. And then uh, I completely forgot about the Jeff Parker story where she came back. And you're right. The minute they showed, you know, a woman, I'm like, oh, my God, it's her. But I felt so stupid. I'm like, I've read the freaking comics. I should have known she was coming back. <laughs> oh. See, I didn't ha- I didn't have that frame frame of reference. But, I mean, I just – I love that. And I love the fact that, you know, you could have had Tom Curry be this deadbeat dad that's, you know, here's my kid because of you. You know, my woman left, blah, blah, blah. But he raised him. He always held out hope. The fact that he walked to the pier every morning mm-hmm. with that hope. And, I mean – just, you know, he was a strong character. She was a strong character, but they both did what they had to to protect their child, and that's what you're supposed to do. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I really liked. I really thought they did a really good job 
of developing their relationship in a short amount of time. Because, I mean, this at the beginning of the movie, their relationship is shown very quickly, mm-hmm. but it's done very efficiently in the short amount of time that they're given together. Right. And I, I thought that it was kind of reminded me of what Rob and I talked about in Superman Movie Minute. You don't see Ma and Paul Kent very much in Superman the movie. But there's a lasting impression you get. Of course, mm-hmm. we see Atlanta comes back, and we get the extended scene with Tom and Arthur in the bar, and then in a truck, and you yeah. you get to see what you know the father son relationship's really nice, and and it really did feel like a dad and his son. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it was really well developed, even though there wasn't a whole lot of screen time. Yeah, and I, I thought it, I thought it was really really well done, and and you know it could have been. I mean, sometimes when they do things like this in a movie, it's like you could almost cut those scenes out and it wouldn't change the actual plot of the movie. No, this with his narration really tied everything back Mm -hmm. together. It was essential to the movie and it added a really nice, sweet story Mm -hmm. to the movie. And it, it it just added to that kind of goodwill feeling you had for it at the end of it. I thought it was really well done. I, I think one of the big important lessons to walk away from this film is that it's okay if a superhero's parents are still alive. And yes. Jeff Johns, please take note of that because he loves to kill people's dads and have dad issues. And this time, which isn't the case in the comics, Aquaman's dad's still alive. And I thought it worked really, really well. It was a really nice change of pace. And Atlanta, um, you guys said everything that, that needs to be said other than crazy smoking hot. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Wow. Uh, oh, uh, you know, there is, this is more, uh, maybe this is probably more an Ocean Master moment, but it's related to Alana. Uh, so I got Alana, I got to say it, which is her coming out of the end uh, during the big climactic fight completely changes Orm's trajectory at that point. Uh, or at least there's a turn in him. You can see he changes everything because, oh my gosh, his mom's alive. Yeah. Um, and that, I'm getting verklempt right now. Uh, it, that emotionally, had a, had a lot of weight to me. I thought that was really good. Yeah, it, it actually you know, gave that... him a lot of dimension. Yes. Uh, it it kind of saved him from being the typical stereotypical villain or the you know the royal uh, you know Prince John you know King a hole character that uh, you know right. that's in a lot of not only uh, you know superhero action movies but like you know historical dramas or you know like I said Robin Hood or something like that. I mean. He, the way he changed, like you said, when his mom showed up, I mean, he just deflated, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. in that minute. And it, it it gave that guy so much more depth. And it was had, played so well by everybody yeah. there. I, I was really impressed Well, and that. the fact that, you know, yes, yes, he's getting, being let, getting ready to be led away. But at the same time, she's holding his hand like, you know, yes, you've done some terrible things. But you know what? I'm still your mom. I still love you. Right. And she's like you understanding, know? hey, your jerk of a dad sent me to the trench i i i had you know he couldn't have raised you right yeah look what yeah. the psycho did you know yeah. so mm-hmm. i mean you know so that was kind of un, unsaid but still said and i, I thought that was really uh, he has a lot of little subtle things here but that yeah you're jumping into orm it totally changed him from being just yeah he's the bad guy to being oh wow he's actually got some character now yeah. i did wonder if you know atlanta was supposed to be thrown into the trench when Arthur was about, say, 9, 11 years old, or was it when he was, like, 16, 17? Because when Volko, 
reveals that she's been thrown into the trench, had that just happened, or when did he come? No, I know, think I'm, Volko knew from the when he really started training Arthur that she was already. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, that's what I got. He gives that long, he looks at, like, he goes, when am I going to meet my mom? And he's like eight or nine, and he, he gives that far off look like, uh-huh, eventually. Yeah, so I think he, I think it already happened. Yeah. Okay, so. I, I just wasn't sure because my my feeling was, you know, there's got to be at least, say, five years difference between Ocean Master and Aquaman. Yeah. And so how much time did he have with mm. her as his mom? That's what I was trying to figure right. out. Probably about the same maybe or something but he also he probably also grew up with the whole royal court telling him how amazing his mom was yeah that's true yeah so rob uh tom curry and uh atlanta see that's i'm gonna feel i'm gonna wax this movie's aqua sub a lot so i I feel comfortable (laughs) uh I, i feel comfortable saying stuff about that i didn't like as much and i will say uh, the actor that played uh, Tom Curry, Tamara Morrison, I liked him just fine. I thought him, he, I thought he had a good relationship with Jason Momoa, and I liked Jason Momoa and Nicole Kidman. I really did not buy Tamara Morrison and Nicole Kidman as a couple. Uh, I just mm. felt they had no chemistry at all, and I just did not. Buy, and I know they're supposed to be totally mismatched couple because he's this kind of you know grizzled guy, and she's this queen. I get that, but I also feel like, and this. You know, this kind of can't be helped depending on who you cast. Nicole Kidman, aside from being a great actress, is a movie star. She has that indefinable star quality, whatever it is. And she is a megawatt movie star. There's a reason why she has been a top-line movie star for, what, three decades now? More than that? Since, like, yeah. the late 80s? And I just felt that I, I felt like when she was on screen, Tom Curry was just, like, non-existent. And so, and I'm not saying that you have to cast someone of equal star power to play Tom Curry. That way she's matched. Like it's, you know, I don't want to see like George Clooney as his dad, but I just felt they were mismatched. I just did not really buy them as a couple very much, but their scenes are pretty brief. And like I said, I liked him just fine. I liked the actor just fine as, as the father. I thought the scenes he had with Jason Momoa were great, but I just didn't buy that they were like some like, oh my God, this is this enduring love that's. You know, he's pining for her, and he's at the dock every day for 20 years. I kind of was like, well, all right, you're telling me this. I'm not really feeling it. But that's fine. It was a relatively minor thing. I Again, I thought their individual performances were, were just great. I respectfully disagree, but okay. <laughs> well, if you want to talk about the mismatch, maybe this will help you, Rob. Think about you, me, and Chris. All of us have, uh, you know, gone – or. You know, gone up in our relationships with our partners. We're all of us with a much better partner. So maybe that's just Tom Curry's. You know, he married up, if you will. So yeah, I guess. I guess I. I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time on this. I'm not thinking that it's like he married up. I just didn't buy that she would find him that like. Oh my God, this guy. I just didn't right. see that because she is so ridiculously capable. And there is that great fight scene, which is all done in one kind of one shot, which is not. I mean, in a lot of it's faked with computers now, but still, I enjoyed her taking on all those those guards that try and apprehend her where she just kicks the living crap out of them all. I love the and you know what I love the shorthand and again we're going to be jumping around but I love the shorthand of all of these Atlantean soldiers are in that you know are in those suits of armor and they have the the water mm-hmm. and when you when you smash the glass the water comes pouring out which is a nice stand in for blood 
You know, you don't want to see somebody pouring oh. blood out of their face because that would make this movie like an R. But it gives you that same feeling of liquid flying out of their body. And it's clearly a serious wound has been dealt them. And I like that. It's a nice visual shorthand of, a, oh, that's a pretty serious injury they're suffering without it literally having to be geysers of blood spurting up. Because you want to make this relatively family friendly. That's clever. And, I didn't it, pick up on that. And it led to one of the funniest scenes in a movie where wasn't that Merc has to like yes. shove his face in the toilet? Everyone's yes. everyone's favorite character, Merc, <laughs> played by Ludi Lynn, apparently. Yeah. I, that's another thing. I really was impressed that they went as deep as they did with the characters. I mean, my God, we have you know, uh, King Nearest in this, played by Dolph Lundgren for Pete's sakes, who does a great did job. A really good job. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just the fact that they bothered to come up with Merc, that they gave the character the name Merc. And I, you know, can I say, just as a purely selfish notion, when we saw the dog, I was like, oh, please call him Salty. Please call him Salty. Because that way I was going to elbow Tracy and go, we named the dog. But they didn't name the, We never hear the dog's name. We just see the dog. But uh, we, we all knew the dog was Salty. We all it was the, the, same, was it was the same kind of dog. It was a golden retriever. Yes. You know, it yes. had to be Salty. I'm sure it was yeah. I just I was desperate wanting wanted to hear the word Salty on there. But <laughs> they didn't want to have to put you in the credits. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, that would have been awesome. Rob Kelly between uh, Nick Cardi and Ramona Fraden and all those. That would have been awesome. I was counting the names going, talked to him, interviewed him. He's been on the show. Rob talked to him. I was being totally nerdy. Uh, let's talk about the, the big villains together real quick. Uh, Orm and Black Mana. I'll start this time. Uh, I thought both of them were very believable as villains. Like a lot of times, you guys talked earlier about the, you know, the, the mustache twirling villain. Mwahaha. And Orm fell into that category at one point, I felt. Like when, when he revealed Volko was working against him and he's like, you lock him in a cell and give him a view. I feel like that was a mwahaha kind of moment. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. other than that, I felt like Orm was pretty believable. And I thought Black Mana was very very believable. I really enjoyed both of those characters. Now, the only question I have, though, is if Orm, in the beginning, was able to attack the surface world with tidal waves, beaching naval vessels, and wash up all of the oceanic garbage, what does he even need the Trident for? If he can do all of that already, Mm -hmm. how powerful are they? I mean, that's crazy. I kind of don't think, though, that it was him personally, I think if they were using the technology of Atlantis to accomplish that, and he was using his position as king to use that technology to do it. I don't think it was his powers within. Pretty impressive for whoever was responsible for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I, I think it was, I, I really like the fact that they tied the two together, because you know, a lot of times, well, let's just face it, Spider-Man 3, okay? You got two <laughs> villains in that movie, they have no business, you know, they meet in an alleyway for like two minutes and go, let's team up and kill Spider-Man. I mean, it's ridiculous, you know, and I, I know nobody, Sam Raby did not want to do that, I know that, that he, he was forced to do it. But um, this totally made sense, it made sense, you know, why was Black Man on that sub? At the beginning, he was trying to steal it so it could be the sub that attacked the Atlanteans so they could get all the Atlanteans including Dolph Lundgren, in on, you know, let's attack the surface world. So Aquaman stopped them there. That's why they had such a crappy sub when it did attack them. You know, it was barely operating. Uh-huh, and and he even he even told that to Black Manna when he said, well, you know, your sub kind of sucked, basically, when, yeah. he, when he showed up as a, as a water hologram, you know. But, but the fact that they tied the two villains so well together, you know, it made total sense because – and I'm glad in case this movie – I think this movie's actually going to do really well. I mean, like you said, it raked in a ton of... I think it's almost got its budget back from overseas. 
uh, before it's even you know started raking in the dough here as we record this. But uh, they put the two main Aquaman villains in the movie. They both look like the comic book because we all know what happened in the Green Lantern movie. We got Hector Hammond <laughs> for two damn hours, and there's Sinestro right there. It's like, I don't give a crap about this big-headed dude. There's Sinestro right there. You know, so right. it's like, and he was, he was great in the movie. So it's like we got Black Manta, we got Ocean Master, and they both pulled him off. My only thing is I thought the actor playing Black Manta, and I don't know if it was just because he was in the I'm Mad all the time, I thought he was kind of the weakest guy in the cast to me. Mm. I just felt like he wasn't quite, and I don't know if he could have done a whole lot more with it. I just, I just didn't, I, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was into him as much as the other actors in the movie. He, kind of, he didn't, he wasn't bad, but it just, I didn't kind of feel like he was operating at the same level as some of the other, mm-hmm. some of the other actors in the movie. But that's maybe that's just me. He looked awesome though. <laughs> there was a couple of parts where he pulled like the evil, the evil look. And like the camera held on it too long, like okay, yeah, that that's that's like television level. Move on, but I'll agree with that certainly. Yeah, I that actor Yaha, I believe you say his name or Yaha Abdul Mateen the second. Yeah, I mean, I I thought there wasn't a whole lot there. I mean, he's basically just a blunt instrument for Ocean Master to wield. I mean, he's just go kill the guy with your laser beam eyes. Uh, I loved the kind of useless but still cool gesture that every time Black Mana uses his heat ray, he, like, does that arm thing mm-hmm. where he, like, flexes his arms across each other. It just looks cool. It doesn't serve any discernible purpose, as far as I could tell. Um, that, it was actually the Black Mana scene, the, the beginning, that li- led me to really start being kind of impressed with this movie, because after the opening scenes, where we see Arthur as a little kid, and that, I like that opening scene where the, the bullies threaten him and then all the, the mm-hmm. all the and all the, uh, the the fish in the aquarium are like you know boom 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 hitting the glass. I loved all that stuff, but I thought at that point, oh okay, we're gonna see him. This is the origin story. We're gonna we're gonna get to Aquaman in like forty five minutes because it's gonna be. The, but then they cut right to the Black Mana scene and Aquaman doing that really cool display of strength of pushing the sub out of the water all by himself. And I was like, oh cool. We're going to be flashing back to the origin. And I thought the flashbacks were very well handled. I liked how smoothly it would cut back and forth between Kid Aquaman, Teen Aquaman, now current Aquaman. But I liked that we got to the Black Mana thing right at the top of the movie. I thought it was a mm-hmm. neat, neat way of structuring the story because, of course, most of these movies, we see the origin from the beginning. And if we track it in you know chronological order but they didn't do that for this and i like that i really thought that was cool and i mean if anything you're trying to impress people with how strong aquaman is having him push an entire sub out of the water by himself that puts him at like namor level power which he has uh-huh. never really had and i really liked all that i loved all this and i and i liked that yeah the father issues we all know jeff johns clearly it's like with the oh my god with the father issues um, go, go listen to Cats in the Cradle and get over it already. But like, I I, I appreciated that that the choice that Punk Aquaman makes as to not save Arthur's, not to save Black Man's father, comes back to haunt him later on and forces yeah. him to make a different decision later on. I like that as a storytelling technique, and I think that gives a nice hook to Black Mana of like, okay, and that's of course right out of the Jeff Johns comic. Uh, which is Black Mana really wanted to 
bump Aquaman off just because he was the guy that was going to stop him from robbing things, but now it's personal. Okay, cool. I like that. That's a that's a good hook. I mean, whether he can fill the space in an Aquaman 2, I don't know, but I, I was perfectly happy with him, and I love the fact that they had such fidelity to the costume. I mean, yeah. it is just the friggin' comic book done as a live action costume for no good reason other than it just looks really cool. And I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah, and they uh, made it work. I mean, that, that costume, some comic book artists can't even draw that costume right. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like his head's not, his head's too big. It's not big enough to put a human head in. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, different things like that, you know. So, and I mean, I, I love the whole fight scene when they were in Italy. I mean, that was, I mean, oh my God, who could ask for more out of a comic book? a superhero villain fight scene than that. I mean, it was just, I mean, when he threw Arthur Aquaman, picked up the, the, the big ball and chain thing and swung it. Oh and went around man. That. I love that. Oh God, that my was awesome. God. <laughs> and he got beat the hell up. Poor, I almost felt kind of sorry for black man. I was like, Oh, he's really trying, you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> he, really, he went, he did the, uh, he did the cool montage of, you know, putting the taking the Atlantean gun and building it into the helmet and his jetpack and spray painting it. And I mean, I did like all that. So maybe I'm giving the guy a little too much. I mean, I did. I did like the guy. I'm not just, but I just, you know, I, I'm with Shaq. I think the Shaq's right. It's just a couple of parts where he he did the mm, angry villain face, and you know, and they just they they stayed on it too long. I think it's just a little too little too broad, maybe in a couple of parts. To the actor's credit, if I remember correctly, he didn't know how to swim when he got cast for this movie. So he taught him – he learned how to swim just so he could do this, which I thought was oh, pretty wow. awesome. Well, that is awesome. Good for you, him. You guys touched on a couple of things I wanted to bring up from other categories, but the editing was one. And, Rob, you've already kind of already covered this to some extent. Uh, the I was really, really impressed with the way they wove the Volco training scenes in the history of Atlantis too because they did that with the same thing with the history of Atlantis. You didn't just get one big info dump. They wove it through the story, um, which I liked. And, and I felt like that – I felt like the movie would have been better if they started right out of the gate with the uh, submarine scene. I feel like that would have set the tone better. Um, and then gone back and told his history and wove the whole Aquaman history about, in it. And, and I felt pretty strongly about this. But then I was reading some interview or not, reviews online, and I was really surprised to hear so many reviewers say that that was the way they started the movie with uh, Tom and, and Elena. They said that that was actually the perfect way to set the movie and to show that this is different than other DC movies. And I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, because my opinion, again, was let's get right to it, have him be Aquaman in the sub. But um, they, they had – our reviewers felt like actually the, the romance was the best way to start the movie. So either way, I was very impressed with the editing of weaving stuff in because, yeah, I didn't want to wait 45 minutes till we saw Aquaman. I'm glad that they got right to it. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 yeah, I, I, think it was, I think it's a very well-structured movie, and it's probably a little overlong, and we can get to that too. But uh, in, in terms of its, its pacing and how it – doles out the scenes i thought that was all very effective all right well um you know let's turn to another thing uh, chris brought up that fight scene in sicily oh my gosh i think that was my favorite choreographed fight scene of any superhero movie the, the way they switched back and forth between arthur and mara mm-hmm. and the way like you'd see aquaman fighting in the foreground and you'd see mara running in the background doing her own thing they had their own you know dual perils but it's just the way the, the cinematography worked and the choreography. I just think that was like one of the coolest fight scenes I've seen. 
Yeah. In fact, um, the, the part with the, the bottles of wine where they all, you know, explode out. And uh, become spears. I'm like, right. the, the lady sitting next to me, she had brought her young son to the movie. Clearly, she did not care about watching this movie. In fact, she was on her phone for the first part of it. I almost said something, but I stopped myself. She didn't care. She was there for her kid, her son. Anyway, when we get to that point, she was completely in the movie, that fight. She was all engaged, and when Mara goes to throw like the wine bottle start rattling, I heard the lady next to me go, you go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> she was ready for that. So I was like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> well, you know, we probably really ought to talk about Mara. We haven't really talked about her yet. <laughs> oh, gosh. Do we skip her? We yes. did. Yeah. yeah, we did kind of skip Mira. Yeah, we did. We do need to talk about Mira. I mean, oh my gosh, yeah. we did. I, okay. My my thing with I, I mean, look, I'm thrilled she's in the movie, and I'm thrilled that she's as big of a deal to the Aquaman universe and in this movie as she is. Amber Heard. I, I have only seen her in a handful of other movies. I honestly can't tell whether she's a good actress or not. I because I, I just I don't. She she reads the lines effectively enough. I, I've seen a lot of bad actors, and you can tell. I don't think she's a bad actor, but I just don't get a whole lot more than just the basic line readings at any given point. But, uh, you know, I thought she was perfectly fine. I don't think she had a whole lot of chemistry with Jason Momoa. I think that was another issue with the, the chemistry. I just don't see them as, a, you know, like powerfully attracted to one another. Uh, but of course that could be, you know, I'm just seeing my version of Aquaman and Mirror who were like totally had the hots for one another all the time. And I sort of like that. And I didn't see that here when they finally kiss in the climactic battle. I'm like, okay, they're kissing because they kind of have to, because that's, that's the beat of the story. I didn't feel they were terribly compelled, but I thought she did a good job. And I am very happy that they used her so effectively. And I, I agree. I think that scene in that scene in Sicily, that's my favorite scene in the movie. I think that is a great action scene. And part of it is because we finally get to see Aquaman saving people, saving regular people. So many of these frigging comic book movies, uh, you know, Man of Steel, it's where you've got characters (laughs) causing untold destruction and seemingly not giving a shit. And I love that Aquaman takes the time to rescue people. He rescues that little girl who's about to he be... He rescues nuns! He rescues <laughs> nuns. He picks up when that guy gets pinned under the, the, the pillar and he lifts it up. Like, he's actually caring about people. And that what I love. I yeah. know we're getting off mirror. I don't mean to. But I thought that the wine bottle sequence was great. That felt like a bunch of writers saying, okay, what's her, what are Mirror's power set? Okay, here... What's the cool... Okay, what, what cool way can we convey how great a power that would be to control liquid i know she can turn bottles of wine into spears that's pretty friggin' <laughs> cool so i thought that was great and i i loved her in the movie and look you know this is normally shag's uh, purview but yeah totally wonderful to look at <laughs> throughout the whole movie you can say the word hot it's you okay. can stare at me all you want i'm gonna agree <laughs> you've got chris Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth. I know you're not big on Momoa, but you like both of those guys. Hugh Jackman. I've had to listen to it for years. If I get Scar Joe and her, leave me alone. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> what do you, Cindy? What did you think? What do you think of Amber Heard, like in the role? Do you think she's a good actor? Do you think that she conveyed something to you beyond just what you know of the character? I honestly would have to agree with you in that the chemistry between Momoa and Amber Heard. I don't know. I. And Chris talks about that kiss during the battle scene, you know, it being, you know, oh, ooh-la-la, blah, blah, blah. I got more out of the kiss at the end when he kisses her 
on her forehead. You know, he gives her that quick side hug and gives her that kiss on the forehead. Mm. To me, I got more affection out of that than I did that big battle one. Because I'm like, dude, there's a big battle on the time. <laughs> Not the time to swap spit. Uh, but but so, my, my thing about that was, and I mean, maybe this is just purely because I think Amber Heard's hot, and I just assume most women think that Jason Momoa's hot. In fact, my sister wants to see the movie just because she thinks Jason Momoa's hot. She doesn't. She ain't watched Aquaman since we watched the Super Friends as a kid, you know. But but <laughs> but uh, but you got two hot people, you know, and they're just like in the middle of this crazy, awesomely visualized battle, just going for this big Gonzo kiss. I just thought it was like pretty freaking hot, you know. I mean, it's like plus she kind of almost got her leg wrapped around him, which is pretty hot too, you know. So and she I got mean, into it. You know, there's no doubt about it. I was gonna it. say was that. Is it, is that dry it. humping or wet humping? Because <laughs> they're underwater. I mean, there was definitely some of that going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I, you know, as far as her her line readings and stuff, I think you got to – she has to be the proper She's the character. straight man. She's the foil to his con- – exactly. she's the straight man in that. And, I mean, for that, as far as her as an actress, you think about <sighs> – I think about when she was in the Tarzan movie. What? The, the, that's not her. That's not her. That's okay. Margot Robbie. Oh, <laughs> that's Harley Quinn. That's wrong, wrong DC character. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. 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 Okay. Uh, I don't really. I don't know her from other films. Really, I, I really don't. I I, I. I. The only thing I knew about she's Mira and the whole deal with Johnny Depp being married to him. That's all I really know, unfortunately. And uh, but but I will just say I think I never got. I, what I got out of her readings and her portrayal was she was the stately character. Yes, but she was Aqu- raised in the court. Right. She's raised by the court, raised by the king. But Dolph Lundgren, Dolph Lundgren's very, very kingly, very, you know, by the book, follow the rules. Mm-hmm. And Aquaman's the, I'm the badass from the, you know, I'm, you know, the surfer bro dude. And it's, so that's the kind of the dichotomy, meat, the dichotomy there. And, and so she's, you know, bringing him more in line, and he's also having her loosen up a little bit. And so, I, you know, I think it works. I think it, and that's it's one of those cases. If you ever, you know, if you're ever with a group of people and they're acting like total buttheads, or like me as, when I was teaching, you know, you'd have these kids that were going banana crackers. You know, you, you come up and you're a whole lot stricter than you normally would be just to bring that level of, okay, let's come up to the playing field that you need to be at. Put the clamps down on them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how I thought she was doing. One thing I really liked about her character, though, and I know we brought this up, I think you guys brought this up on an episode of Fire and Water a while back, was when we saw that Orm and Aquaman were going to have this gladiatorial battle for the throne. And uh, you and I think other people said, how's this going to be different than Black Panther? And the difference is, is Mara looked at it and said, this is bullshit. Yes. And, and Wick got his ass out of the middle of it and said, we don't need to do this. You got to go find that trident. We have a plan. Stick to the plan. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's basically a woman going, oh, God, you guys put them back in your pants and quit comparing them. Let's go. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's basically what it amounted to. And I thought that was great. And she yeah. showed like. She kicked Orm's ass, you know, yeah. I mean, all, all day long, you know, it's like he was, <laughs> you know, and it's just, you know, I, I thought I really, I was really impressed with, with the character, the way she was portrayed and the fact that she was every bit the hero of the movie that he was really. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I really thought that was really nicely done. 
I would go as far as to say, and this is where I take you guys to school and teach you what's the right thing is, uh, Mara was actually more heroic than Aquaman in this movie. Because, and you mentioned it just now, Chris, the decision she made in that battle. Aquaman never sacrificed anything. Nope. Aquaman, again, he got by with luck, he got by with his fighting, and he got by with his biology. She made a sacrifice. She changed the course of the direction of the movie. She made smart decisions. She had more agency than Aquaman had in this movie. She really was the more heroic character because she had to give up her whole way of life in Atlantis, you know, the throne. She gave she had to throw all she she had to, you know, basically ostracize herself from her father. She made that decision. She was a much more heroic, much more sacrificing character. She was also a badass. Um, as far as her acting ability, I think she's a fine actress in this movie. I think she got Lucas, though, with the dialogue. Like they gave everyone in Atlantis really stilted dialogue. And again, part of it's the regalness you guys were talking about. Part of it's also to be a little otherworldly. And I think she got Lucas with the dialogue. I think if it had been a little more relaxed, it would have come across. Because I, I believed her character. I believed she seemed earnest in her deliveries. I think it was just the actual words on the page may have been the problem. As far as the romance goes between the two of them, I, I think maybe the problem we're all suffering from is like, Momoa is not the kind of guy we want to all hang out with. So for me, I thought she was great. So I want her to end up with a guy that I would like, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe a five foot eight bald guy with glasses or something. I don't know. Whatever. But um, so seeing her with him is like, well, no, she should be with someone I like instead. So but I, I think they were fine as a couple because, I mean, people get together all the time. You're like, really, those two? OK. So and I, and I said it earlier, I would much rather see a sequel about her at this point, because, again, the Aqua Bro, he was great. He was fun. Not my Aquaman. Yeah, I did a whole episode where I said you're not supposed to say that, but I just did. Um, <laughs> but Mara was what I wanted, and I thought she was fantastic, and um, I thought she was a great character. My favorite moment for the character in the whole movie, actually, and I think there's something to that, what you just said, Jack, about that she is given a lot of Lucasy dialogue, you know. <laughs> and But my favorite moment is where she makes the animal, the water constructs for that little girl. Just to kind of entertain her, because that's a nice, like, kind of unguarded moment. And by the way, I'm I'm someone who doesn't notice soundtracks very much or music scores. I just unless it's John Williams, I'm virtually not paying attention. But I'm really <laughs> glad that this that this score uh, was completely different from the Hans Zimmer burnt sounds that are in all these other movies. <laughs> and I like that it was light and melodic. And I even like the use of. I mean, that scene in Sicily, a use of a Roy Orbison song. I was yes. like, what? What a weird choice that is. And I really liked it. I liked that the movie took that moment to just let them walk around Sicily for a little bit and give Mira a chance to see. Because, of course, he's the one saying, you know, hey, we have lots of good stuff here. We have we have ponds. They're like baby oceans. And uh, <laughs> I, I like that they that she gets to see that what life is like on the surface world isn't all bad. And I love that that little moment that feel that's that's an insight to her character and that's more the screenplay than it is the actress necessarily but i I liked that bit quite a bit that she entertains that little girl with her with her powers i thought that was really sweet but yeah i mean that whole scene i just thought was absolutely that whole action sequence of i liked that the one atlantean guy i guess it was merc he just decides to go through the walls as opposed to leaping off of things he's just like screw it i'm just gonna smash through them because i can do that and I love that it's all one big tracking job. I mean, it was it's sort of like, hey, this is what the juggernaut should have been had they done that a lot better. Uh, mm. Just him just smashing through stuff and chasing after me. Yeah, I thought I thought that sequence was 
absolutely tremendous. I loved everything about it. I was like, boy, I could have watched a lot more of this. Of this. I mean, the scene of them finding the, the secret cavern was maybe a little too Raiders-y for me. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, like, oh, oh okay, you know, like, I get it, guys. Uh, but but then the, the whole stuff in Sicily I just thought was just so well done. So I, I liked all that that stuff a lot. I thought that was all terrific. I, Who again, else I thought said the part before, where think... Mira ate the rose was just so cute and very reminiscent of the Little Mermaid. I couldn't help it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, that's, okay, that's true. Yeah, and I liked how he did it too. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to make her look stupid. I'll do it too. I thought that was cute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since we're talking about fight scenes, and again, I will say the Sicily fight scene. I think that's my favorite superhero fight scene of all time. It was so good. Yeah. Just again, the way it was filmed and just the, everybody, all the stuff going on back and forth. Anyway, so other fight scenes worth mentioning. Let's talk about the trench fight scene oh. uh, and then uh, the big oh. battle at the end the, with the dry hump, water, wet humping. So, uh, the trench, amazing or a waste of time? Oh, I loved uh, it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, as scary as crap. <laughs> he said he was oh like grabbing my, my hand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, oh, straight out of a flipping horror movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I I wrote to the guys. I wrote to Ivan Reese and Joe Prado and Rod Reese and said, "Guys, this is your artwork. That scene, like that is your. I mean, it is exactly their artwork come to life on uh, on a on a movie screen." And I thought it was fantastic. I loved the tonal shift that it does turn into kind of like a zombie movie for a minute of just these crazy creatures. And I like that they're using just the the flare as the the lighting, and we see how many of them there are. I, I love that whole sequence. I thought that was just great. When they're, yeah, when they're... I... Oh, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, yeah, I, I did too. I thought, I, I kind of thought this was, I think this just showed, I think you needed that to show where they were going next. I mean, just the fact that he had to go through this and they had to survive this to get to where Atlanta was. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and just the fact that just how dangerous this world that Aquaman lives in is, or that now he's introduced to is. Right. right. I mean, I, I thought that was real and it was super well done. And just, I mean, like you said, Rob, just, you know, you saw all them on top of the ship on the mast and you're like, Oh crap. And then when they went into, and they just saw this, and they're just, surrounded. Just, they were almost like a shape. Like almost like a like hands like coming in after mm-hmm, them, mm-hmm. but it was like millions of them or thousands of them anyway. It's like oh. wow, yeah, that was really super impressive. I, I, I'll be honest, I did have a nightmare about that that night. Did you really? Mm. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Ooh. My one thing is, if you you know, this is PG thirteen, and a lot of people take their younger kids to see these movies because they're figuring, oh, it's just a fight scene. That's why it's PG-13. This might scare the crap out of us. This might traumatize some little kids. Yeah. Uh, it, re- it really might. So, I mean, I, most people that have are listening to this part have probably already seen the movie. But if you're just, you know, listening ahead, you got little kids, you might want to think about not taking them or cover their eyes up during the scene. Yeah. Because it's pretty scary. It scared me. Yeah. <laughs> As a mean parent, I think you take them and don't cover their eyes. Because you know what? Have a little, little bit of safe fear in your life's not a bad thing. I'm okay with that. <laughs> the, yeah, that was amazing as they swam down, as you said, Chris, and just it, oh, you're right. It was almost like fingers coming down at them. It was like oh. Now the guy I saw the movie with asked me afterwards because what was the point of that scene on the boat? If when they get in the trench in the water, they don't actually fight the trench. They just it's more like a race. What's the point of fighting them on the boat? Why have that scene in the movie? And I don't know that I can answer that question other than saying 
it was badass and it was amazing and it was so scary and creepy and sort of set the tone for why it was the race was so important not to get caught. Um, but uh, so it, it does, I, I, I don't know. I, maybe someone out there has a better reason why uh, that scene was necessary, but I, I enjoyed it and I thought it was scary as hell and I'm glad they did it. I, you know, it was great. Yeah. No, it's, not, it's not necessary. It's just another gauntlet to put them through to get to this mm. mission necessarily. But yeah, I don't think it was, I mean, it was, I think they wanted to, I probably wanted to have some creatures that Aquaman and Mira could mow down with no compunction that they were killing actual sentient people. Cause these are basically giant piranha. So you feel perfectly fine about just harpooning them and killing them left. And they're, they're basically stormtroopers. You know, you're just like, okay, we can mow a bunch of these guys down and we won't feel bad about it. I do wonder uh, what uh, that many apex predators live off of under the water. Like, what are they eating? Because those guys are, you know, I mean, like a couple of fish swim by. That's really not going to sustain. You have to dump a lot of cows into the water to feed all those guys. But I don't know. And I, I love the, the, the joke that precedes that scene of where it's Mira on the boat. And she's like, he's like, did you steal this? And she's like, well, but these are not for public use. I thought that was. <laughs> yeah. I'll go ahead, Jack. Well, go I was going to say, what went through my mind along those lines, Rob, is I was thinking, okay, we have giant ocean trawlers going across the ocean all the time, shipping containers and stuff. What happens if one of those Russian, you know, crate ships goes near that area? Is it just going to swarm the French? Yeah, I don't right? know. Yeah, that's that's that that's a good question. Yeah, that's one thing. This movie, other than when it didn't worry about the real world, you know, it was like it pretty much puts you. Other than when the tidal wave came and and we saw some news, which was WGBS. It was GBS. Galaxy I Galaxy. saw that. But yes, that that was awesome. We saw a little bit of that, and we saw the you know the the scientists, the Shin guy that were you know that tied into the uh, black man a bit at the end, but. But uh, I will I will say I think one reason the trench scene works is just to show that Arthur comes up with how you know their their eyes you know they're you know they can't stand light or something he d- grabs the flare that gives him a little bit of you know when he like Mara said he does his best thinking when he's not thinking at all mm-hmm. and so he gets grabs the flares and that's something he does mm-hmm. you know and he leads her down through it and that's something that's where he can kind of take charge of the moment where Mira's been in charge for most of this journey. So. See, I kind of like to think that the trench is the, where the Bermuda Triangle is, and that's the reason you don't see these boats anymore. Yeah, well, yeah. 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 I mean, because when you think about it, the weather pattern completely changed where they're at. Well, yeah, it's true. It was stormy, so, and yeah, it could be, yeah. You know, so yeah. that that's my theory, and that's the reason you don't go there. Yeah, rather, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the the big final battle. Um, I, I did want to address the makeout scene for a second. The thing that actually bothered me more with the the makeout scene, other than it was you know a little obvious in stage or whatever, was the fact that as they're making out, there are explosions in the background around them, which are supposed to be pretty, like fireworks when someone kisses. Except that represents people dying. <laughs> so, that, that, that probably was not the best time, as you guys said, for them to be having an extended makeout session. Not that I mean, you know, Amber Heard climbing on me, I, I might be willing to do it too, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but great fight scene. The thing I liked about that fight scene was, uh, like, if you watch Return of the Jedi, there's a massive space battle in that movie. And yet, you can follow the action 
you your the way they moved all the pieces on the screen your your eye follows where they want you to you follow the right ship or the right activity in space whereas you go to revenge of the sith in the big space scene you can't figure out what you're supposed to look at there's too many things moving on the screen you can't figure out where your focus is supposed to be here they could have had that same problem because there's a million things moving on the screen but they did it in such a way that you were able to figure out what you were supposed to be looking at and i thought that was expertly done and uh it was a real testament to them because there was a ton of things to see and uh wow it, it, and chris i know what your fist pumping moment was it was the same one i had which is when he <laughs> when alchemy grabs the seahorse and he yep. jumps on it i literally raised my fist and went yeah laughing you raised your fist and then punched me i didn't mean to punch you i just i did the elbow back fist pump you know i did the <laughs> yes and and I, I guess I elbowed her. I'm sorry. I just and I actually went yes like that. I mean, in the theater, I was like, and I and that's when I had like for the rest of the movie, I had this big dumb goofy grin on my face. Right, uh, right. You know, I mean, there's Alex Top Aquaman, you know, riding the seahorse and the Super Friends. I'm like, yeah, you know. I want to hear Rob's reaction. <laughs> uh, no, I loved all that. I mean. By the time he's he's riding an armored seahorse, I'm like, yeah, this movie has gone all in. You know, I mean, it just really <laughs> yeah. has. And I appreciated all of that. I, and and kind of winding back a little bit, one of the other things I liked about that James Wan did is that there were some really just beautiful images in this movie. I mean, just some mm. very beautifully painterly images. The one, Chris, you already talked about of the, the trench moving under the water like a giant hand. And we see it's the, the ocean, of course, looks like it's blood red because of the flare. But, of course, that gives you the sense that it's blood because of course that's what the trench is but the shot of like black manta when he's on like his little manta ship and it's almost has like an aurora borealis type coloring like i just thought that's a beautiful image like this is just a pretty image to look at and i don't think a lot of these superhero movies bother with that i think they're so busy trying to keep you uh, things flying at you that they, they don't have time for just you know sometimes this is a these things are sound and images and sometimes you can just have a really beautiful looking thing to, to to look at. And I thought this movie had a lot of that. But yeah, I thought the final battle was great. I do think this movie is a little overstuffed. Like I think it maybe two hours, 20 minutes, it's a little long. Like it just – there's maybe one too many of we got to go get this other thing. And and maybe I was like, eh, maybe we didn't need that. Maybe they could have just eliminated one one trip to grab something, but otherwise it didn't bother me too much. The final battle didn't, didn't overextend itself too far. Um, again, I love that I was able, I mean, I know I've been reading these comics my whole life, but I thought it was fairly easy to follow in terms of a lot, even for me, a lot of these movies, I kind of get lost. I'm like, wait, wait, what are they getting now? What is, who's what? But this was like, okay, they have to unite the seven kingdoms to basically be able to do this war. And uh, they're going to force these kingdoms to do it. I mean, I mean, for God's sake, this this movie has a a race of sentient crab people. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's how far they were willing to go. And you got the one crab guy mouthing off to Black Mana. You know, he's like, "We will never follow you." You know, and like, yeah, this movie is just so itself. And I just really appreciated all that. And so, and I didn't really guess. Uh, I knew it in the trailer that we see Jason Momoa in the full-on suit. First of all, I didn't know they were going to do that. I didn't know they were going to give us the suit until I saw it in the trailer. But and then he was in the suit for a long time. Like I thought, I thought, I thought that scene of him coming through the waterfall in the orange and green was going to be the final scene of the movie. But no, he, <laughs> Me too. he's in yeah. the suit for a good portion of it. And when 
I mean, I said this on the Many Faces episode. His face, Jason Momoa's face and hair just doesn't look like the Aquaman that I'm familiar with. It looks like it's the Build-A-Figure with the wrong head on it. But aside from that, I just love that he, I mean, it's a guy riding a seahorse with a trident. That's Aquaman. (laughs) That's what that is. I mean, my my biggest complaint of this movie, and I I don't want to, not get to it before we wrap up because we've already been talking for like an hour and a half is to me, the essential component of Aquaman, no matter what version you do, the Peter David version, the the Neil Posner version, the earth two version, the silver age version, whatever the sort of is that he is the friend and the leader of the sea, the creatures of the sea. And they do that a little bit in this movie, but not enough. I wish they had done more of it. I like the scene with him in the whale. We literally get to see him do the like they literally have that on screen. Yeah. <laughs> which was great, but that was very brief. At the end, I mean there is that moment where he finally grabs the trident and we see him sort of uh you know mentally connect to all the creatures of the sea. We see like the like the the kind of the the rays of electricity shooting through all the different animals. We know from JLU electricity is bad, but in this case electricity is good. <laughs> I liked all that, and I hope that when the, if they do a second Aquaman movie, they really lean into that. That where he is, the f- I want to see some bad guy threaten the creatures of the sea, and Aquaman defend them because they are his friends. I, mm-hmm. I love that whale sequence, but it was so brief. I wish that we had done more of that. But that's that is my number one complaint of this movie: is that there just wasn't enough of that. But they did have it, and so therefore it was fine. But yeah, I mean. This, I mean, Volko, I mean, again, he got Volko in this movie. I, it's just, I don't know. The idea that there was ever going to be, not, people have been asking me in the lead up to this, and I'm sorry to kind of like take us on a tangent a little, but people have been asking me like, you've been waiting your whole life for this movie, right? No, I haven't. Because I never thought it would happen. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I've been waiting for an Aquaman movie my whole life the way I've been waiting to be an astronaut my whole life. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> So the fact that it the fact that it's here, yeah, am I grading it on a curve a little a little? Yeah, probably I am because I just can't believe it even exists. And the fact that it is like probably like eighty eight percent the Aquaman movie I would want, my God, how much more can I find to complain about? <laughs> Well, I, I, I want to follow up a couple of things. One is uh, you get a movie where Aquaman's talking to fish and you say it's not enough. Oh, my gosh, you're never happy. Second, uh, you talk about more, the spectacle. A little more. <laughs> the, the spectacle, the, the beauty of it. I just got to address that because, you know, yes, James Wan actually said early on uh, in, the, in the making that he wanted to do for underwater what Guardians of the Galaxy did for space. And visually, he did. that is. Absolutely, and he, he did. really made this gorgeous spectacle. And the most important piece of that is – the way to to make it work was with CGI. This is the first DC cinematic movie, uh, universe movie without a major CGI failure. All the DC movies up to this point have had some major CGI failure, whether it's Doomsday or Ares or uh, usually it's the villain or mustaches or whatever. Steppenwolf. Uh, right. Steppenwolf. Thank you. Every CGI thing in this worked. It really did. The only yeah. thing I, I have, and this isn't even, it still visually worked. The only thing that made me scratch my head from a special effect point of view is uh, going into uh, Coruscant with all the traffic flying. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Atlantis. All of that traffic, holy crap. Are there really that many people coming and going from Atlantis at all times? New York doesn't even have traffic like that. That was a little nuts. That was a bit much. Visually, it was pretty, though. They're headed over yeah. to Poseidonus. 
Yeah. <laughs> Lori Lamaris is having a Tupperware party or something. Exactly. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, visually, this movie is just, it's just stunning. I mean, and, it, it, and like Rob said, it, it, it takes its time to just put some really stunning visuals up on the screen. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it, it, it really did transport you to this other world. And they did it so well, and it just makes you wonder. And I don't mean to bag on it, but why did Justice League look so bad? I mean, it's like they made this, and I mean, I bet you the budget of this wasn't what Justice League was because you didn't have all the stars you had. I mean, you had some good names in this, but you didn't have, you know, all the different stars with their different contracts to appease in this movie alone. And it's just like good on James Wan and everybody that worked that worked on this movie, you guys really pulled it off. I mean, the only thing that I, the only minor quibble I have is that when they de-aged Tamara Morrison and Nicole Kidman, a, a, it would look a little, just a little in a few scenes, a little too smooth. A little plasticky. I, a, little plastic. a little plasticky in just a few, but not all the time. Some of them looked really good. Mm-hmm. I just, it wasn't Michael Douglas as young Hank Pym good, but it was, okay. it was good. It Marvel, was good. Marvel's really cracked that. They have to like hack into Marvel's database and find out how they do it because Marvel's got it down. Yeah. His wig was a little fake. That's true. Yeah. I mean, just, his, just the smoothness, especially of his face in a couple scenes just looked a little, but I mean, that's it. That's my only quibble about CGI or effects. And it's very, very, very minor and it's not bad at all. So I, I just thought they did a fantastic job. Following up on Rob's comment about the Aquaman suit, the orange and green. Now, I'm going to take a different tact. Um, I, I'm thrilled they had him in the orange and green. I didn't like that version of the suit very much. Um, it, like the green gloves with the big swoopy, almost kelp-like stuff going on, and the or scallops and the and the the orange. I don't know, just the way the bubbles were on the suit. It didn't appeal to me much. But I'm not upset. I'm not complaining much. I I view, I view this sort of like Captain America's outfit in the in Avengers. It's like, okay, we didn't get it right this time. We'll fix it next time. That's kind of how I'm seeing this. Is the next Aquaman movie? We'll have them in another orange and green suit, and they'll work out the kinks that I'm not thrilled with. That's what I think. But um, the Atlantean armor was. Am I the only one that got like a scavenger vibe off that? Oh like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I definitely thought that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I was thinking, if we get Scavenger in another movie, maybe he'll be an Atlantean that wore this kind of armor or something like that. Maybe so. I thought maybe one of the guys was going to be the Scavenger, honestly. I really did. I thought maybe one of the guys that, that Orm was talking to was going to end up being the Scavenger. I'm like, oh, they snuck the Scavenger in. You know, is, is the Fisherman next? I mean, what you Well, that was, it's <laughs> funny you say that, Chris, because uh, I knew that there was like a post credit sequence or a mid credit sequence. I knew to – I mean, I always stay anyway. We always do. But I, I knew that there was something else to wait for, and I was like, okay. But I didn't know what it was. And as I was waiting, I sort of let my mind wander, and I was kind of like, I wonder what they're going to show me. And I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if they did the human flying fish? And then, oh my it, gosh. But then, and it was funny because, like, I had two thoughts simultaneously. It was one that's ridiculous, and then two, they might. I don't know. This movie might do that. I mean, that's how. I mean, look, I made the comparisons to Flash Gordon, right? I think that final shot of the movie, where he pops out of the water, it freezes, and he's mm-hmm. like, "I am Aquaman." That is totally Flash Gordon. You have saved the universe. Have a nice day. Yeah. I mean, that is, <laughs> yeah. it is exactly that scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me, that is what this movie is doing. And if Queen had not done the music, 
for Flash Gordon and Queen was still a band, Queen would have been the soundtrack to this movie. It has that tone oh, yeah. to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. It does, it does, it has that tone minus the super intentional camp, you know. I mean, right, it's, exactly. It's got, it's got humor, but it's not that, or if you want to call it camp or not, I know there's always a debate, is that camp or is it not? But that self-parody that Flash Gordon had, that Batman 66 has, you know, it, it minus that, it does have a very Flash Gordon-y type vibe. I didn't think of it at the time, but yeah, you're right. That's, you know, you're waiting for Timothy Dalton to say, we owe everything to Aquaman. Yeah, you know? yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Like, if you, Hail Aquaman! If you, have like, if you have like a one to ten scale of how, how quote-unquote serious com- superhero movies are, and like Flash Gordon and the Batman TV series are like a one. They are the silliest, the most campy, and then like ten is like the Nolan Batman movies, which are just dark, dark, dark. This is like a four. I'd say this is definitely on yeah. the on the other side of that of that uh, divide, but it's not fully there yet. It's not it's not pal Biff Zam. What a way to go go! <laughs> but it is just embracing the notion of how crazy this world is. I mean, again, it's got people riding sharks uh, <laughs> as 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 like their steeds. I mean, what it's got, you know? I mean, you can't possibly and so. Like I said, I, I am I can't wait to see this again. I'm really excited to see it again because I just want to live in that world again and when it comes to home video I'm gonna get that was the number one thing I was scared of was that am I gonna watch wanna wanna watch these movies again? I saw Man of Steel, I saw Justice League, I was like, I saw them once, never need to see them again, fine. Wonder Woman I've seen once again. Uh, and I was kind of like, okay, I love the first two-thirds of that movie, and then the third act, to me, it really falls off the table. I'm really hoping – I have high hopes for Wonder Woman 84 that I think they'll fix what kind of, to me, went wrong in the first one a little bit. But this thing, I'm like, I don't know. I thought it was fleet-footed, had a lot of good jokes. I, the acting was all great. The effects are great. Uh, just everything about it, and, and I'm just – I'm so impressed by James Wan and the screenwriters and everybody that put this together. I, I just – I never thought in a million years, not in a million years, we would ever be here. And the fact that it's a good movie or even a very good movie is just beyond anything I could possibly hope for. I know you're trying to give like closing thoughts, Rob, but I'm not going to let you because I got more right. to talk about. I, I, so. I you know, yeah. <laughs> save your best closing thought. Come up with another really good one because that was a great way to close the episode, which we're not doing right now. Oh, uh, yeah, well, I'm editing about... it, so uh, says you. <laughs> we're going to talk about comic book uh, nods. It's for the character, and then we're going to talk about the moments where we really got to us emotionally. So, uh, be coming up with another good way to wrap it up. I want to I want to run through rapid fire a list of the comic book stuff I saw, or comic, or cartoon universe, whichever version. Um, we all saw Topo, right? Playing oh, drums. Yes, oh yes, thank yeah. God. This movie oh has an gosh. octopus playing drums for Pete's sakes. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, Shag. That I wanted to mention that this has an octopus playing the drums. It was awesome. My buddy's like, what is that about? Is that a thing? I'm like, yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. (laughs) So did anyone see a walrus? I was looking for Tusky in this thing everywhere. I didn't see Tusky. Uh, I didn't see Tusky. There's got to be a walrus somewhere in the background somewhere. There has to be. I mean, Topo's a deeper cut than Tusky, I would say. Wouldn't you? Well, yeah, because Topo's just in the comics. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. And with all of the... Badass and awesome. We didn't get outrageous, really. How is that? How you can get a booyah in Justice League, but no outrageous? That that's criminal, right mm. there. Um, that's just that's it's notorious and suspicious by its absence. It's just uh, 
Now, uh, comic book stuff, I just want to fire off. I mean, Jeff Johns has got to be getting a huge freaking check from this movie because so <laughs> much of the Aquaman lore, I mean, he's been around 75 years, so much of this movie's coming just from his couple of years on the series. You know, um, rattling off some of Black Man's dad, the way that thing went down with his dad is not exactly like it was in the comic, but he's the one that introduced how Aquaman and Black Man's parents were connected. The Seven Kingdoms of Atlantis and that Hall of Kings, that's a Jeff Johns thing. Uh, if and, and Rob, I, I think a nearest. I mean, he's a Jeff Johns creation, yes. right? Yep. Steven, yeah. Dr. Stephen Shin. Yep. Stephen Shin. Exactly. Right. The Trench, uh, the Magic Trident. Uh, Merc. You know. Everybody's favorite, Merc. Okay. <laughs> did you notice that one of the Atlanteans, and I think it was Merc, got their hand cut off? I think it was Merc. I can't yes, promise you that. I think that's right. Someone's that's hand right. went whoosh, and I'm like, oh, Merc. I got so excited. <laughs> um, the Dog in the Lighthouse, which we already addressed, had to be salty. Uh, Tom Curry waiting on the dock for Atlanta return. I think that was a Jeff Johns thing. You know, Mara being a badass. All of those are Jeff Johns stuff. The only Jeff Parker thing I saw in there was Atlanta being alive on the dinosaur island. Right. And then Peter David, other than, you know, his general look and the name Atlan, I don't think that anything from Peter David's era got used. Do you? Not offhand. It was funny. I've seen already some people complaining about the, 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 the creators who get credit at the end of the movie. First of all, jumping back, I was really thrilled to see the creators, the Mort Weinzinger and Paul Norris, get their name in the upfronts, which was great. Yeah. Which is very, it's very interesting that Mort Weinzinger gets credit in the movie but not in the comic. That's very yeah. strange. I don't know why that, that would be a difference there. But I noticed that in the credits, you see Nick Cardi, Ramona Frayden, Jack Miller, Jeff, uh, Paul Pelletier, and Jeff Parker. And people are, people are saying, like, no Jim Aparo, no Steve Skeets. And while I can appreciate that, none of the concepts in this movie were created by Jim Aparo or Steve Skeets. And that's what the credits were. The credits are expressly giving credit to people that created characters or concepts that the movie's using. And for all the great work Apero and Skeets did on Aquaman, and Lord knows I love it, they didn't create anything that the movie used. So by that standard, it's fair. Um, Well, like, uh, I guess uh, Ramona Frayden created visually – Tom Curry in Atlanta, right? So, right. I mean, she, that's drew, why she drew the, the origin that they're using. So I guess they're right. going to give credit there. And she also did draw yeah. basically Topo, I think, for the first time. I think Topo was under, yeah. under her. Although they don't, of course, credit him as Topo. He's probably listed somewhere as drummer or something. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean it's, this thing is, shows amazing fidelity to the comic books. And, you know, I mean, all credit to Jeff Johns. He re- I mean, this movie wouldn't exist without him and the work of the guys. It really wouldn't because this this movie is like seventy percent their run. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Well, he was uh, he was like a, a producer, and didn't he like write the story, like co writer on the story of this? I, or was... I didn't see his name on the screenplay or the story, so I don't know. But I'm sure he had some hand in it. Mm, okay, I thought I saw his name come up that way, but maybe not. Well, let's let's as we move towards the end here. Why don't we talk about uh, unless someone's got a topic I've missed, but why don't we talk about the stuff that got to us emotionally? Um, I'll mention uh, one that Rob already mentioned. Actually, the the one you kind of said jokingly, where Aquaman, the very last shot of the movie, where Aquaman bursts out of the water and they freeze frame. <laughs> I got emotional when I saw that because I felt like I was looking at Aquaman. I, it's like that is Aquaman for me. He just looked awesome. It was better than the the waterfall scene of him standing there. I was like, that is heroic. I, I, it got I, I got emotional with that one. What about? I've got a couple more. I'll share with you guys. What What do you guys have? I, I think we've already touched on right. I mean, the ones we the citrus- the ones that we were talking about. You know, were 
Aquaman sees his mom again for the first time, that moment at the end after the big fight scene, and he gives Mira that side hug and that kiss on her forehead. I'm sorry, but that kiss got to me more than the big middle of the battle stupid ass kiss. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I mean that that's a really sweet, you know that in it in that you know showed that their relationships more than just them wanting to wet hump each other, as Shaq put it. Right. <laughs> you know, it was genuine. And part, yeah, and yeah. the part where. You know, he sees his dad, you know, when he, as, after his dad's back, you know, they t- he gives his dad that hug where they touch foreheads. I mean, that's... Oh, after Mira saves his after dad. After Mira saves his dad. Yeah. I mean, that, those connections, that, to me, is important. And where Atlanta, you know, she's holding Orm's hand as they're getting ready to leave him as uh, lead him away. I mean, those connections, that's the parts that got yeah, me. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, that, that that's one thing. There's a lot of heart in this movie. Mm-hmm. There really is. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that really comes across in it. It's in it. And besides all the badass action and cool visuals, they actually remembered to put, you know, some connections between characters that you take away after you yeah, see the movie. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. And then, I mean, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't oversell how much, I know it's totally goofy, but the moment when he got on that damn seahorse, man. I mean, it really got to me. I mean, it was like it was like that same thing when I'm sitting in the theater in Spider-Man Homecoming. You know, you got the first scene with Michael Keaton and and uh, Tyne Daly walks in and all that, and then it cuts to the 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 Marvel thing, and it's playing that orchestrated version of the, right, the, the right, Spider-Man right, right. theme, the '60s Spider-Man theme, and I almost started crying. I mean, I was just like, oh my god, that's Spider-Man to me. That's still runs in my head. That's what it means to me. And then it's like, this is what Aquaman means to me, right there. This is, you know, damn, you know, it just it it really it really did. I just yeah, I can't I can't overstate how impressed I was with that. <laughs> Rob, what about you? Got a moment? Um, I can't say I was like, over, you know, emotionally that uh, like affected by this movie. I mean, this right now, the sound you're hearing is uh, David Gutierrez calling me Rob Bot. But uh, <laughs> I, I will say I, I really did. We haven't talked about it a lot. I really did like Patrick Wilson as Ocean Master. He had the look of a true zealot. Uh, which I appreciated. I thought that was actually a really good turn, so I liked that a lot. But I think probably my favorite moment in terms of just there was a feeling of just like I don't know, some sort of like quiet satisfaction. The first time we see the telepathy waves coming off his head, and they even do a slight sound effect. Now they don't do the they don't use the same one, <laughs> but they give right. you they give you some sort of like pulsing sound and. If there's any sound I associate with Aquaman, that's the sound. Is that mm-hmm. just sure. that sound? And just the fact that I'm seeing that sort of quote unquote taken seriously, I just was felt like wow, like my whole fandom for this guy was not. I don't want to say it wasn't that that moment made it wasn't wasted because it wouldn't have been wasted anyway, even if the movie was bad, or it wouldn't have been wasted if they never made a movie out of him. But just the fact that I'm seeing something. And I mentioned this on a hundred episodes of the show. I probably saw Aquaman on Super Friends long before I ever read a comic book because I read Super. I watched Super Friends as like a toddler, um, and so that sound is just to me that's Aquaman. And so the fact that they even did it briefly was like I just I had this smile on my face of like, oh yeah, that's it, man. That's that's my guy right there. I mean, he doesn't look exactly mm-hmm. like the version, but. It doesn't matter. And every iteration of Aquaman has done it. You know, the filmation version has it. Super Friends has it. Brave and Bold has it. Anytime you can add that sound effect, they do it. And the fact that it's in the movie and that he's talking to his whale pal, I'm just like, oh, man, that's – yeah, man, that's it. That's that's that's, that's Aquaman. 
Yeah, a- Andrew actually came to me a few days before he saw the movie, and he's like, dude, he's like, Aquaman does the thing with the boom, 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 boom. He does it, look. <laughs> and he showed me a clip, like a TV commercial that showed him doing it. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, he knew that, you know, Andrew knew, like, that's it. They got Aquaman because he did the boom, 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 you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I believe the appropriate sound is voo, 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 voo is how it's spelled in the comics. So. Voo, 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 okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Two more I'll mention is in I'm not gonna, you guys already said it, it was the one where he's reunited with his mother uh, on the beach and I don't know whether it's you know because of it was just a really nice emotional moment I don't know if it's because Nicole Kidman and Amber Heard were standing next to each other in those costumes I don't know whether it was because um, uh, it I'm just, rolling it, my eyes at you, Shine. I, I feel the psychic punch, the voo 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 punch. I felt. <laughs> Or whether it was because it was from the Jeff Parker run, which was very special to me. I don't know which, but it, it got to me. But the one that got to me the most, uh, and maybe I'm just silly for it, but w- it was the first time when um, teen Aquaman, or maybe his young adult Aquaman, whichever, whatever he is, he was training with Volko, and they're swimming underwater, and he's seeing in the dark for the first time. Oh, like everything great. lights up. Mm-hmm. And then he's leaping through the waves. He's swimming. When I saw him swimming with the dolphins, because like, I think I told you, Rob, my era of Aquaman, like to me, Aquaman is the legend of Aquaman story where he's raised by dolphins. And so when I saw teen Aquaman swimming with the dolphins and just having fun, having this pure joy on his face and having a blast and the sea lighting up like I always like I always knew that underwater was amazing and Aquaman lived in this amazing world. But seeing it that way, that really got to me emotionally. I, mean, I had tears. I was just like, this is. This, this is what I waited for right here. This is it. The rest of the movie could stop right now and I'd be happy. And uh, that, that was Aquaman to me right there. Willem Dafoe does become Basil Exposition a lot of the time in this movie, and that's fine. <laughs> but I, I, did lo- I did love that scene, though, because it does mention about how he can see in the, in the darkest depths, how he is super strong because he can withstand the pressure that would uh-huh. crush a normal. Like I've always loved that idea that – yeah, this guy is super powerful because he can be down deep, deep down to where if a ship, if a sub ever went down that deep, it would be crushed like a tin can and this guy can survive. So I love that they threw that in, that they gave Volko that line to explain to him that you are way more powerful than you think you are. I thought that was a great – so, yeah, I, I thought that was a really nice moment. Yeah, they did a good job of showing that too, like when he first attacks the sub – of how he can, you know, withstand like a, a regular like gun shot, you know, like machine gun. He has to pick up the door to the sub, you know, the hatch, and use it as a shield, which was kind of Captain America like. But uh, you know, <laughs> but, but then when they jump out of the plane, you know, it's like the only way they could survive that is because they can they're, they're deal with pressure. Their yep. skin so you know yep. tough, and they're you know it's. Just, I thought that was I thought they really did a good job of sinking all their abilities up and you know I, I, I thought that was really well done too yeah yeah all right rob now's your chance bring it home with the big emotional moment well i mean it's i i'm just very very satisfied and i'm very very happy and it, it i went into this feeling like okay if the movie's not great that'll be fine because it doesn't change the comic books i will always love the comic books and i will always love this character and i will always love other iterations of them, and if the movie isn't any good, it, that doesn't change any of those things. I, I don't get bothered by like remakes of movies because I'm like, well, it doesn't change the movie that I like. You know, go ahead and remake Jaws. What do I care? I'm going to watch the original anyway. It doesn't make a difference to me. But I will say that I, walking in the parking lot with with Tracy after we got home, I felt 
genuinely happy that I liked the movie as much as I did. And and I didn't necessarily think I would have that. I thought I would be more kind of like, okay, cool. It was a great movie. Awesome. But I was I felt a sort of deep sense of satisfaction that there are probably many, many people being introduced to this character for the first time. And I think they're getting a really great introduction. I think I would put this movie, and I'm not going to ask everybody to rank this movie in terms of comic movies because there's already too many. We already did a show about that, which was very contentious. And we'll do that again. <laughs> God, um, please no. Broke. Yeah, we're not gonna we're gonna get into that again. Ever. But exactly. He was pissed off for two months. Yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> but I I would absolutely put this movie in the top. Like, if I'm going to think of all the superhero movies of the last 20 to 30 years and break them down into sort of thirds of, like, the best, the middle, and the ugh, I would put this movie in the top third. I would put this – is it as good in my mind as, say, uh, Captain America Civil War or Guardians of the Galaxy, which are my favorite Marvel movies? Maybe not. Maybe not quite that good, but it is by far my favorite of the DC movies, and I put it I put it up in the topper tier, and I really am excited to see it again, and I plan to see it again. I don't spend a lot of time and money to see movies twice because I just don't, you know, it's just the wherewithal and everything else. I got other things to do. I got podcasts to record. I don't have time to go see movies a second time, <laughs> but I will make the effort to at least see this at least a second time because I was really satisfied with it, and they, they did right by my hero, and that, that – that uh, that meant more to me than I thought it would. So I'm very, very happy. I'll just add, I loved watching it. It was definitely an Aquaman movie and it, it made me feel like, I don't want to say made me feel like a kid again, but there were parts that made me feel like it, it brought up the emotions I get when I think about the happiest moments of liking Aquaman as I have for the last 30 years. So that was wonderful. So Chris and Cindy, any closing thoughts? I, I can't really I had much that Rob, you know, I, I'm just, I'm also just so very happy that Rob was ha- is happy with it. I, I really am. I mean, not to put that much weight on you, but I, I'm happy for you. I'm, I mean, I would still enjoy it myself, but I'm happy for you and I'm happy for Shay. I feel like my opinion of the movie is validated because he likes it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, you know, and I just, and it, it, it just, it really hit me. This, this is the, this is what was inherently great about this character. And they brought it out. You know, they didn't all the the jokes and, you know, the the jokes that Super Friends created for the character against the character aside at his expense. expense, This is this is what uh, we all that were actual fans of the character uh, knew was so great about him. And they brought it out. It's up on the screen. And uh, I I, I really enjoyed it. And I definitely want to see it very soon again. All right. Well, folks, this has been an absolute blast. I can't wait till we get this same panel back together to discuss the Firestorm movie. Hopefully we'll be just as happy. I'm sure that's right around the corner. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> we want to hear your thoughts on the movie. We want to hear your thoughts on the casting, the characters, the costumes, all that stuff. Go out to our website. Rob, what's that website? Fireandwaterpodcast.com. Yep, go to the show's tab, look for Aquaman and Firestorm, the Fire and Water podcast, and there you can make comments right on the show post. We'd love to be part, have you guys be part of the conversation, because that's what this is all about. It's about building a giant community together. So I guess that's really going to do it. Uh, and, you know, I, I jokingly said Firestorm, more likely we'll get together for Aquaman 2, so, which how crazy would that be? So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, also, be sure to visit us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can find us at FirestormFan.com and Firewater Podcast. And you can find us at Aquaman Shrine on Twitter as well. So uh, get out there, use our hashtag PoundFWPodcast, and let us know your thoughts. And we need to thank Chris and Cindy for joining us. This was terrific. 
Yes. Well, thanks, thanks for having us, guys. Oh, I, I, you know, it was it would feel very honored to have get to participate on this episode with you because and is, horned ourselves in on it. Yeah, it's, it, <laughs> I, actually, you kind of invited us on, if I as I recall. So, uh, Cindy, hey, but, you know, <laughs> but I mean, this is a big deal for you guys. So we're uh, we're. We're very happy to share it with you that that uh, this win for for Team Aquaman. So. Yeah. <laughs> Team Rob. Yeah. Oh God! Don't say that. Say Team Aquaman. That's much Team better. Team Aquaman. Oh, okay. Well, we hope to do the same for Firestorm Shack. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right, Rob. Well, here we go. We're going to do the sign off. And you know what? I feel like it has special meaning at the end here because of, of what we're talking about. So, folks, until next time, fan the flame and ride the wave. Okay, so we're on our way home from Aquaman. I've just seen it with my daughter, the precocious princess. Let's see what she has to say about the movie. What do you think about Aquaman? As you walked out the door, were you excited? Were you like, meh? Were you over the, you know, were you unhappy? Give us your initial thoughts. I thought it was really good. That's a positive reaction from a 12-year-old. What did you like about the film? I liked Mara, and I liked how there was a lot of girl power in it with, like, the mom and how Mara is better than everybody else because (laughs) she's really powerful. And I liked the scene where she was jumping over buildings and battling the Atlantis people. So the fight in Sicily? Yes. So would you say Mare is your favorite character in the movie? Yes, and Aquaman's mom. Okay. Atlanta is her name. Mm-hmm. And Mara are your two favorite characters. Yeah. So would you say you like those characters more than Aquaman? Yes. Okay. So what do you think of this interpretation of Aquaman? Is he cool? Is he a doof? Is he all the above? What do you think? I think Jason Momoa did really good, and I think he's like the perfect person to play him because all of his features
features and stuff just show that he's like a surfer kid kind of it looks like he like belongs in the ocean so would you say he looks like the aquaman in the all the action figures in my office no he has he like different features in them but i like him better than the blonde one that's in your office (laughs) (laughs) okay so did you like him better with the shirt off or once he got the orange and green outfit on um his bedazzled outfit (laughs) His, say, what was it? Say it one more time. Bedazzled outfit. His bedazzled outfit. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So I guess you didn't like the orange and green? No, I like that better because I'm not weird and I'm like a 12-year-old girl and he's like 30 and it's weird to like think of him like that. Like people think he's hot. Like I don't. Oh, okay. I think he's ugly. You think he's ugly? Okay. Yes. All right. By the way, the bus in front of us, its number is R2. Like as an R2-D2. So that's kind of nice. You're so nerdy. I am so nerdy, yes. So let's look at the villains. So the main villains here, the antagonists, are Black Manta and Ocean Master. Between the two, who did you think made a better villain? Who, who had a more believable story? Black Manta. Okay, why do you say that? I just think I liked his background on why he wanted to fight him because, like, he hurt his father and stuff. And I think Ocean Master, I feel like that's just like a sibling rivalry. Kind of just, it kind of reminded me of Thor and Loki a little bit. All right, I could see that. So do you see you and your brother coming to blows over ruling the kingdom of our household someday? Of course. I would beat him obviously. You beat your brother? Yes, okay. I'm Aquaman. You're Aquaman? Yes. <laughs> What'd you think of the movie visually with all the special effects and the way Atlantis looked underwater and all that? I think it was really good. I would, it would probably be so hard to film everything and like make it look like it's actually underwater when it's probably actually not. Probably a lot of special effects or what is it called? Visual effects? Or something? Yeah, either one. Yeah. yeah. It was probably like really hard to do that. It was. There was uh, at least for the characters, there was a lot of wire work and basically they were... Like head- Spider-Man and stuff. Yep, yeah, a lot of that. Was there actually like a bedazzled costume that he had to wear? You mean like the costume Aquaman was wearing? Was that real? Yeah. Yeah, both Aquaman and Mera's costumes were real. And the Mera's actor- costume's cool. You didn't think it was too tight? Mm-mm. You know it was so tight and the way it was originally constructed, she couldn't even sit down? Oh my god, the she- thing with the princesses kind of sounds like that. Because Emma Watson didn't want in the other live-action princess movie. You're talking about the Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, she made special requests to not have her too tight because she didn't want to show off all of her features and stuff. She wanted to still be modest, but still be a princess like a normal princess would be shown. Well, you definitely see all of Mara's features, that's for sure. Well, I yeah. Think. She, yeah, so, so literally, she couldn't sit down. She had to lean up against a board. So I know you're a big fan of the Marvel movies, so if you had to compare this to some of the Marvel movies, where would you rate it up against, like, you know, let's say some of the first waves, like Iron Man and Thor and Hulk and Captain America and those mm-hmm. kinds of ones. What would you rate it against those? I think I liked it a little bit more than, like, the first generations of the Marvel movies that they had. Okay. But it's definitely not better than like the second generations and especially Infinity War and stuff, but the special effects really beated some of the ones that Marvel had because of all the water and stuff. I thought that was cool. So maybe the closest visual, you know, special effects comparison then would be Guardians of the Galaxy because, you know, they went out in space and everything in space was amazing and Or like glow. Doctor Strange. Or Doctor Strange, okay. Yeah, there's so e- much stuff. Either Guardians of the Galaxy or Doctor Strange. So both of those had a lot of heavy visual effects and everything was really amazing and glowing. So would you say visual effects in Aquaman were better or not as good as us? Better. Also, I really like when they were out with the ship, when they were like going to the trench place. Yeah. And also like anytime they were underwater, they would rotate the camera mm-hmm. and I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, during the trench scene, you got scared. I saw it. It was scary. The it people was. were, it was like attacking them. It was pretty awesome. It was definitely terrifying and I, you, she kept talking to me during the movie when they're swimming down with the flare and, and the trench are swirling around him. You kept talking about how creepy that was and how cool and the, the light and everything. I feel like that was in the trailer, though, like a flash of that. It was. A flash of that was absolutely in some of the trailers. Yep, yep. I watched, like, all the trailers because you made me. (laughs) <laughs> Several times. So what was the coolest sea creature? Was it the giant 
creature that he was commanding, or like the sea dragons, which are the seahorses, or the giant like crocodile thing. You know, what was the most awesome underwater creature? Kind of like the guys that were in the trench. Oh, you the, like the trench guys the most? Yeah. I thought they were really cool how they would attack them, but they're also sort of light. So when the trench scene happened, and Mara and Aquaman go through the, the whirlpool thing to the other portal, the dinosaur island, so how did you react to that? I thought it was really shocking, and I kind of knew it was his mom, because... You didn't at first. You actually turned to me, and you went, who is that? And then I was like, oh, it's his mom. You were so excited when you were right. You are like, I knew it. I'm always right. <laughs> I, that scene surprised me the first time I saw it. Did you freak out during any scenes? Did I? Oh, did I freak out? You cried like three times. I did cry a few times, didn't I? <laughs> you said you wanted to beat your record of four. I, I did not beat my record of four times. You got three this time. I, uh, the, I teared up over the romance of Aquaman's parents a little bit. Hey. I teared up. Oh, yeah, I teared up over the same scene gets me every time. It's when Aquaman is training with, or when he's a teenager and he's training with Volko and he's swimming through the ocean and he's swimming, when he's swimming with the dolphins and he's just having so much fun, it gets me every time because like to me, that's Aquaman. But you cried during one other part. It was really emotional and you're like started crying and I was laughing at it. I don't know which part. It's, I'm, like, no. I'm not ashamed. That's fine. Yeah, you're a very emotional person. Because you know. On you the, cry over like commercials. In, in my world, you have to feel your tears. <laughs> There's a line for the movie. <laughs> it's like our tears just float away in our world. They stay. Yep. So I have to agree. I think Mara was the best character in the movie. I think she was phenomenal. Uh, at one point during the movie, you actually turned to me and told me how much you liked Mara's hair. Yeah, I want her hair. You want her? You, you don't mind that that red color just doesn't exist in nature? I don't want the red part. I want the nice wet curly part. <laughs> Aquaman's hair. Ooh, that's some good hair. Oh really? I liked his curls. They're they're called beachy waves. And the they're called what? Beach wave, beachy waves. Like oh really? Yeah, like when you're at the beach, you get like waves in your hair. Ah. And also since and also his hair's like was always wet, but like when it dried, it was ooh beautiful. Okay, Jason Momoa, beautiful. My daughter no, says no, just his hair, just his hair, <laughs> not his other parts. So you know, wasn't it kind of interesting that Jason Momoa had all those tattoos all over his body, exactly like mine? You don't have any tattoos. <laughs> Stop trying to make yourself look cool. All right, so if there was a sequel, okay, and who knows if. There will be. And if they were to team him up with any other hero from DC from the Justice League, who would you want to see Aquaman teamed up with? Or Mara, either one. I only like uh, one other person from DC. Who's that? Oh, wait, no, I like two. I like Supergirl and she's part of DC, right? Yes, she is. Yeah, like Supergirl and then Wonder Woman. That's it. I don't like anybody else. The others are just weirdos. <laughs> Not, you don't even like Batman? No. That's my daughter, he's, folks. He's That's over, my daughter. No, I don't mean like Superman. They're both overrated. Uh, you'll, like learn, Fortnite. You'll, Ooh. you'll learn someday. No. What were you saying about Fortnite? I will rant about Fortnite like 24-7. I hate Fortnite. Okay. That's, this is not the time nor the place. And I don't frankly... so overrated. And I don't frankly care. So... I don't either. You want to see a team-up movie with Mera and no, Super... No, I don't want to see... Mera, Supergirl, and Wonder Woman? I just want to see Aquaman's sequel, I guess. Okay. See, like, where he is. I don't want, like, another action one of him trying to, like, keep the throne. I want one of just him and Atlantis, like, chilling. I don't know. <laughs> Aquaman chilling. That's what the sequel's called. Aquaman chilling. <laughs> Written by the precocious princess. That's right. All right, final thoughts. Would you go see it again? Yes. With, like, my friends, but not with you, because you cry. Wow. Okay, that's fair enough. I'll buy that. I'll take that. I think that's a win, folks. If a 12-year-old kid wants to see Aquaman again... But with her friends. With her friends, no less, which means she wants to introduce her friends to the cool no, concepts. I just, just want to go hang out with my friends. You're really ruining this for me. Sorry. I'm trying to take this in a direction, and you're really not helping. <laughs> All right, folks. I think that's going to be us signing off. This is the Irredeemable Shag. And this is Precocious Princess. Always remember, fan the flame. And ride the wave.